what would a culture change during a rebuild actually look like for the Arizona Cardinals? You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. You ask, I do. I've said multiple times, uh, DM me on Twitter, uh, Aaron Cotton, I think it is. Uh, it's diversifying. Okay. I'm not sending people away from YouTube, I'm bringing people to Twitter and YouTube. Um, I appreciate the shout out though. Uh, I, I've got two segments again today from people who have DM me with things they want to hear about. You know, I've got my evergreen content that I could talk about every day, but if you want to interact, if you want to make this more your show, please DM me with topics that you'd like for me to discuss and I will highlight them. I mean, as long as it pertains to the Cardinals, you know, pretty much. I think, I think, that's, I think that's about the only, the only stipulation. Uh, so I'm going to hit a couple things today. It's going to be kind of a grab bag show. Last segment, I'm going to be talking about pro football focuses, power rankings. Guess where the Arizona Cardinals are. We'll talk about that, but it's going to be as the culmination of the first two things that I talked about in the second segment, another crowdsourced idea from aptly named corn at CAFH underscore four life on Twitter. We're going to talk about the cornerback room. And what that could look like this season. Marco Wilson, Garrett Williams. I mean, I'm going to run down the list of corners the Cardinals actually have on their roster. Yuck. Up and comers, no real, there's no real cornerstone of the Arizona Cardinals cornerback room as it currently sits. But I'm going to lead it off today. Like this is, this was another, uh, Twitter DM from Mikey Diney on Twitter. The question was, with a lot of uncertainty, which as you said is a, is a good thing for this team, what kind of practical culture change do you expect to see from the new regime season to season? And it's interesting because, you know, it's a very abstract thought. You know, when I talk about hitting rock bottom, being able to rebuild, building infrastructure, strengthening foundation, it's a lot of the abstract, even though we're seeing it happen in you know real time concretely. But what does a culture shift look like? And what is that going to look like over the next two, you know, over the next season that's really going to set the stage for the season before? And I and I thought about it, and or the season after, I should say. And I thought about it, and you know, with practical as as the operative word here in, in the question that was brought to me. There are a couple things. A couple things are obvious. A couple things are a little nuanced, and a couple are in between. But I, you know, I was thinking about it. And then, what determines a culture shift? Is it winning? Not necessarily. 
Is it players having fun on the sidelines? Not necessarily. Is it how you practice? Absolutely. Is it how you prepare for games? Absolutely. Is it how efficient you are in preparing for games? Absolutely. Cliff Kingsbury was said by multiple, uh, you know, by multiple people that he was first one in, last one out. Yikes. I wish he'd spent a third of the time that a normal head coach does. So at least you could blame it on something as to why the Cardinals didn't really get to that next level. But the culture shift is going to happen in three tiers or two tiers, I guess you could say front office and, and, and coaching slash leadership and the players themselves. So when I thought about this and, you know, I came up with a couple of things, it really is going to determine if we see, or if we don't see, like, what are the metrics of a culture shift? What are the metrics of the Arizona Cardinals positioning themselves to be more functional and yield more possibility to win? And one is from the coaching staff and Monty Osborne's done his job so far. Okay. So far, so good. The coaching staff is really going to need to build that vacuum of trust and leadership. And we're going to see how much control Jonathan Gannon has over this team. Now it's going to be a little bit different. I mean, you'd figure that because there aren't, aside from Jeff Rogers, there aren't a whole lot of veterans on this coaching staff, like in, in, in premium positions, you've got a first-time head coach, first-time DC, and first-time OC. So when you look at the coaching staff, I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of it more as like a cabinet. It's a team effort with Jonathan Gannon being the head of the snake, and I think the building the culture, building the new foundation comes from the coaching staff first. It they write the script, they write the story, they write the instructions on how the Arizona Cardinals are going to be run moving forward, at least from the from the field level. So that's the coach's part. But then with the players, there's a couple different things. One, Kyler Murray. Okay, Kyler Murray. He's got to take that step forward because he's going to be on the sidelines for, the, for a good chunk of this season. You're going to need to see him in the ear of every quarterback who's playing, in the ear of Jonathan Gannon. Like, you're going to need to see, and I think we will, see Kyler Murray really take that step forward. Okay. That's one culture shift. Even though Kyler Murray's been here. And if you've listened, if you're an everydayer and you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll know that I think that Kyler Murray hasn't reached his full potential because he's kind of been doing it on his own. And I know that that's not an absolute statement, but he doesn't have a whole lot. He, ha- he hasn't been put in the best position to succeed at the level that we've seen him reach in short spurts. But Kyler Murray, this is the, I mean, I, and I know, work in progress, year five, I get it. You know, you, you can, for all the Kyler Murray, you know, uh, the anti-Kyler Murray people, I guess, people who don't think Kyler Murray is going to be the guy, this is just music to your ears. Well, it should happen already. Why should it happen already? Why should it happen already? It hasn't happened already. So, but that's, that's one thing. And then like, this is a big thing for the, for the player's perspective, how you change a culture is by doing things you did before that were right. And now tweaking away from things that weren't so beneficial to the team. So this is finding new young leaders and you can't fake it. You can't force it. Players either have it or they don't. I had Caroline Fenton from locked on, uh, locked on LSU 
to talk about BJ Ojolari after he was drafted. And she said that he wore number 18 in college, which apparently for LSU was the guy that does everything on the field, off the field, everything in between. He's the guy. He's wearing number 18 for the Arizona Cardinals. So he has his own lineage to do the same thing for the Arizona Cardinals that he did for LSU. But I mean, obviously there's so many different variables to that. So BJ Ojolari is an obvious one. Zayvon Collins is so like Zayvon Collins for a culture change, a culture shift, his level up. He's a quiet leader who has gotten better every year and has just done his job. He looked very lost. What was it? Preseason going into last season. And then, you know what? He's really just gotten better and better and better. And maybe when they find where to play him and where he can reach his ultimate potential, he, he I mean, he could take it to the moon. But as you talk about culture shift, it's little things. It's, and th- this part, the win-loss part is tough because they're not going to win a lot of games this year. But think of it like this, a culture shift. You can never lose to Detroit, even on the road, when you start 10-2 and they're a bad team a couple years ago. Something like that, where it's like, you. There are certain things that winning teams don't do. And the Cardinals need to get closer to that and further away from a lot of what's happened over the last decade. And with the culture shift, it comes with little incremental changes that starts with the head coach and the coaching staff building an ecosystem of trust and leadership and allowing players to do what they do and to have things happen naturally in an effort to grow this team and move them in a more positive direction. What Monty Ford has done is draft, in my opinion, the right players to really rebuild this organization from what it is now into hopefully a thriving one building through the draft. Lockdown Cardinals, your team every day. You know, the DB room. Woo! I mean, I let's talk about it. It's, it's, uh, not exactly a bright spot currently, but that does not mean by any stretch that midway through the season, start of next season, the Cardinals could be in pretty good shape. And I'm just incredibly curious to see what happens with the cornerbacks this year. Uh, Lockdown Cardinals, your team every day. We'll hit that next. This episode of Lockdown Cardinals is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Okay. I said yesterday. I got my pairs. I got two of them. Pairs, two pair, two pairs of shorts, two pairs. I got two pairs of bird dogs in the mail yesterday. They're stretch khaki shorts, okay? They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and gives you gives you that sculpted look. They look exactly like Lululemons, but they fit way better. And they fit way better because regular shorts are made of like stiff, restricting cotton, not bird dogs. Bird dogs fix their issue by, you know, by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis. Good looks like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they didn't fix their issues. They fixed the issue of traditional restricting cotton with the shorts. And these, I, I told you, I put them on yesterday. I didn't take them off. I didn't take them off. I mean, I, I before I put my pajamas on, I did. But I wore them all day yesterday. They use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter promo code. Locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. 
We promise you. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals have had some themes over the last decade plus. One of them is that aside from a year with Antonio Cromartie, they haven't had more than one really good corner on the roster at a time. And that's wild. And when I got the message on Twitter to talk about the DB room, I got it from CFH underscore for life. Pretty much question is discuss CB depth, Marco Wilson, and how you feel about his ability to be DB one. And could we see a rookie start DB two? I mean, here's the thing. Let me read to you the corners that the Cardinals have currently under contract. Um, brace yourself. Rashad Fenton, Antonio Hamilton, Christian Matthew, Chris Boyd, Marco Wilson, Garrett Williams, Cottrell Clark, Nate Hairston. Rashad Fenton, Antonio Hamilton, Christian Matthew, Chris Boyd, Marco Wilson, Garrett Williams, Cottrell Clark, Nate Hairston. So while when the Cardinals really needed DB talent, they didn't have it two years ago, namely. You know, Byron Murphy played great during the first half of two years ago. He played well before he got hurt last year. Marco Wilson played a lot better last year than he did the year before. He showed flashes the year before. I just don't know what the plan is. And here's the thing. Going into the draft, the Cardinals had many more needs. And those needs had depth needs than they had draft picks. Okay, so this was always a two-year plan. But what Monte Osamore did was he drafted a strong player from every position of need that they had, aside from interior defensive line. So when you look at Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, he, I mean, most people, I talked with uh, Brad Spielberger, I believe it was him from Pro Football Focus, who said, I mean, if Garrett Williams didn't get hurt, I mean, he could have been a first-round pick. So the Cardinals getting him after getting hurt in college last season could have been one of the steals of the draft. And we'll see with Marco Wilson. I mean, he's never, he, he's a perfect Steve Kime draft pick. Exactly what Steve Kime does. Drafts him low, plays him early because they don't have any other options. And he doesn't have the chance to grow and learn as an NFL player before he's thrust into action on a need basis. And that's something you want to know culture shift. That's something that Monty Osford started. It seems like with this draft, at least on paper, that as more talent gets accumulated over this draft and next draft, you're not going to have to draft for need and play right away all the way through the later rounds of the draft, which is good. So if you have Garrett Wilson, you have Marco, you have, you have Garrett Williams, you have Marco Wilson looks like, even though they both play on the same side of the field, like I'm curious to see where they're going to play Garrett Williams. But as of now, Rashad Fenton and Marco Wilson are listed as starters. You're like, one of, and, and we could talk about it like this too. One, the best friend of the cornerback room, aside from an errant passing quarterback on the other side, is a good pass rush. Less time to cover, 
makes their job easier. More pressure on the quarterback means more errant throws by said quarterback, means more turnover opportunities, means more turnovers. But with how slow this burn's going to be, it seems, for the Cardinals, amid that, pass rush looks like the strongest group, aside from Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson over the top. You know, interior defensive line, linebacking core corners, the pass rush as an entity, whether they move Zayvon Collins to the edge or not, with Cam Thomas, with MyJ Sanders, with uh, with BJ Ojolari, it could very well allow the cornerback room to look a little bit better than it does on paper currently. And they could still go out and sign a vet or two to kind of build it out. One year, two mil, one year, three mil, see if they become Arizona Cardinals for the future after this season. You know, there's not a whole lot of experience in that cornerback room. And this is going to be a slow burn for Nick Rallis and Jonathan Gannon as they take over and reformulate this defense. But that doesn't mean that a star isn't born in 2023. It could be Marco Wilson. Remember Josh Norman? Josh Norman came out of nowhere. Josh Norman was not a good corner, and then he was leading the NFL in, in, in interceptions. And then he got paid a whole bunch of money. Like, it's not an original story. Garrett Williams comes in and becomes a Marcus Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore, sorry. Marcus Lattimore, yikes. Marshawn Lattimore, where he comes in with, with the Saints and he's he's a baller right away. Jalen Ramsey, we have no idea. Jalen Ramsey was drafted really high. Marshawn Lattimore, I think, was drafted in the middle of the first round, but I don't quote me on that. But then you have a guy, Garrett Williams, who could have been a first-round pick if he, if he didn't get hurt in you know in college football last season. If you told me that he leads this team, he's the DB1 for the future, giddy up. That's a story. Third-round pick. Turns into an absolute baller. So while this is all very circumstantial, while I would assume that the cornerback room isn't full yet, I'm sure they're going to add a piece or two at this point. I don't think you can roll out that group of corners to play an NFL game in week one in September. I just, I just don't see it. There's plenty of time. We're in June. I mean, July, August, September. Four months. June, July, July to August. Oh, no. Yeah. Three months, three and a half. We have a long ways to go. But just understand during this whole process, stars will be born from this team. In what capacity, at what level, we don't know. I'm not saying Gary Williams is going to be a pro bowler next year. This is, as I talked about in the first segment, slowly starting to see which players are going to be part of leading the charge of Arizona Cardinals 2.0 in an effort to get the hell away from what they've been doing in recent memory. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Pro football focus, power rankings, Cardinals 32. Shocker. Let's talk about it as we roll on here on a Thursday edition. Oh, and I said Thursday yesterday. I know today's Thursday. I know yesterday's Wednesday, just for just for clarification. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. When it comes to power rankings, when it comes to lists and ranks in general, the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to be towards the top. So let's just soak in that for a second. We understand going through this year, at least, you know, up until training camp and things like that, unless any major moves are made, this is what it's going to be. And it's fine. 
It's what it is. This is the year where you really start to get to know the stories of the players who are playing for the Cardinals, especially the younger guys. The entire goal for 2023, uh, you know, among, and I've talked about this a lot, you know, mirroring the Detroit Lions, really just trying to get the shell off of the old school dysfunction, just really try and, you know, just resurrect as, as, as as a different entity, as a different team. The more young players that play well, the more draft picks that can be used on different things, that can be used on different positions, that can be used to strengthen maybe an already strong position or used to add depth to a strong position that needs depth. The, say Garrett Williams doesn't play well this year. Say Bijo Ojolari doesn't play well this year. Say Paris Johnson Jr. doesn't play well this year. Say John Gaines doesn't play well this year then you're going to be looking at 2024 with more needs than maybe you thought you would have had going into the 2023 season before looking all the way down the road. So when you look at pro football focus and they say 23, I just wanted to mention this, like, because, you know, it's, it's just a little reminder that this is going to be a long road. But throughout this, This may be some of the most fun football that we have witnessed from this team in quite some time. No pressure. Now, it's not to say starting 7-0 and 10-2 and wasn't fun. It was. But this is a different kind of fun. This is a raw, new system, coaching staff, front office. Like, this is new. And this is how teams build from dysfunction build the right way, draft the right players, let them play in positions that they are naturally set to play in. Let them make mistakes, coach them, and just develop them. Because, again, there's no pressure in 2023. And while it's – I mean, obviously you want the team that you cover, you know, you be a fan of to win, this is almost – I'd rather have this than have Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime and them, you know, have Super Bowl aspirations right now. I just think that this is the better way to really have a hard reset and do things the right way with fun young players in an effort to completely revitalize the city and change the trajectory of the organization. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.